0: Okay, Alhamdulillah, wassalatu salamu ala Rasulillah, amma ba Welcome back to Saturday night halaqa. Um Before I start, uh, I want to remind everybody that we'd like to have a, uh, about 20 minutes of an actual talk. So please do not interrupt. Uh, You'll get plenty of time to ask questions later. So you don't even try raising your hand because I'm not gonna honor your request. Uh, You're gonna have to wait until I'm done from that first uh, section, that first uh, uh, segment if you will. So about 20 minutes or so, no interruption, uh, no questions. And then inshallah you get all the time to ask any question you like. Related to the topic, or not related to the topic, it's all okay. Uh, so I ask that you be patient and uh, tempt, attempt to focus and try and understand and get something out of the halaqah, something beneficial, inshallah. Tonight's uh, topic is a question. Uh, and this was actually by popular demand, uh, people requested that topic. Um, not my fault. Uh, Are we alone in this universe? (laughs) Yep. Um, So is there any uh, life outside of Earth? Is there any evidence? Because again, here it's not necessarily a scientific halakha, or it's not a halakha about science necessarily. However, there's obviously no, we believe in Islam, there's no contradiction, there's no conflict between science and religion. This is one reason I wanna address this topic. Because some people in their mind, there's a perceived uh, conflict or clash between religion and science. But in Islam, we believe that both are from God, both are from Allah. Uh, Quran was revealed uh, from Allah, so it is the, the, you could say it is the uh, spoken word of God and the written word of God, but also the universe is created by God. So there should not be any uh, conflict, there should not be any contradiction, uh, and this is really the premise, this is really the foundation upon which uh, we Muslims uh, operate. So this is, uh, you know, the question. Is there any life outside of Earth? Uh, Obviously this is a question that science itself has tried to answer. And maybe since, maybe the 1960s, there are very serious uh, attempts to discover or to maybe send some radio waves in the universe and, and see if there's any response. So there has been lots of attempts So far, we're not aware of any credible responses. Of course, people will claim that they've had uh, some interactions with aliens, and many people claim, in fact, alien abductions, and so forth. And uh, obviously some of it is, is, uh, I mean, we're not denying that those people are having some form of experience, but it's not aliens. I don't know, it could be uh, sleep paralysis or something like that. And uh, you know, uh, you could be under the perception that someone is trying to kidnap you or they kidnapped you and changed you somehow and brought you back or something like that. But there's no evidence. Now, this is important because Islam also, as a religion, we believe it is built on evidence as well. Okay, as usual, we have mic problems. So. So this is another premise I want everybody to, uh, to understand. In Islam, we don't just speak. We don't believe in superstition in Islam, like these folk tales. So there has to be some evidence. And the evidence, when we talk about evidence, the evidence has to come from two sources. Either it comes from the scripture. So is there anything in the scripture that says that there is some form of life outside of Earth? Or at least, is there any possibility? Does the Qur'an leave us with any possibility that there is some form of life outside of Earth? And of course, the other one, the other type of evidence is the scientific evidence. You know, in Islam, if there is a scientific proof that there is some life outside of Earth, we don't deny it. If it is, proven indeed. If it is a hypothesis, we, we, we don't have to either uh, believe it or disbelieve it, all right? So we have, we have to establish some foundation here, and the foundation is, as a religion in Islam, we don't believe, to begin with, we don't believe there's a conflict between religion and science, and number two, we, we believe that evidence is crucial, that we, we follow evidence, and we don't just uh, follow hearsay. Or, you know, some, uh, you know, superstition or some hypothesis that has not been proven. All right. So, in the Quran, I believe we have hints. So, there's some hints that there are possibly some form of life outside of Earth and even outside the solar system or outside the galaxy altogether. So, for example, when we read Surah Al-Fatiha, and I'm sure all of you know Surah Al-Fatiha, if you pray, and I hope all of you pray, uh, the first thing you do is you recite Surah Al-Fatiha. And what does Surah Al-Fatiha say in the beginning? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. People debate whether Bismillah is part of Fatiha, but the beginning, if you're not Shafi'i, the very beginning of Surah Al-Fatiha is, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All right? Now, right there and then, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala said, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Have you read the, the translation of Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen? Does anyone know what Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen mean? Where? Oh, there. It means all, all praise and thanks to Allah, uh, God of uh, the galaxies. Galaxies, okay. So you translated Al-Alamin as galaxies. You don't have to impress me and since the lesson is about, or the talk is about uh, the universe. It's not quite right, if, to, if, if you wanna be precise, if you wanna be very accurate in your, in your uh, translation, you would say, praise be, Alhamdulillah, we all know Alhamdulillah means praise to Allah. Praise to God, praise to Allah. And then it says, Rabbil Alameen, the Lord, of the Alameen. So what is Al-Alamin? Well Alameen is the plural of Alam. And Alam is, you could say, the universe. Or you could also translate Al-Alam as the world. So for example, when we talk about our earth, we could say we have the world of plants, the world of animals, right? Each one of them is a world in itself. But here you notice also the plural is عَالَمُونَ or عَالَمِينَ Right? If you wanted to, uh, uh, you know, in Arabic there are two types of plural. There's a plural that applies to, peop- uh, to people. Like, things that can understand and comprehend. Which is, which is usually people. Uh, I mean, we're the only people, or the only creation that we have uh, you know, cognition, we're able to think and process thoughts. So for that type of creation, or for, the, for that type, we have a type of plural, which we call jama' salim. I'm sure none of you, or very few of you, know this. But for the other type, it's awalim. The other type of plural is for everybody, like things, plants, even animals. Anything else, it would be a different type of plural. And here you notice that in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the first type of plural which applies to things that can comprehend and think. And if it is plural, then possibly Allahu a'lam, Allah knows best. Uh, It seems like there are other worlds that have things that can think and and, and process thoughts and have have some form of cognition. And you might think I'm talking about parallel universes and stuff like that, right? Uh, Actually, uh, the next verse you're gonna be even more surprised And this is actually a verse that has been talked about quite a bit. And it's been actually interpreted by some of the early companions. And uh, it has more indications. Again, I don't think we could say that something is absolutely this way or that way. Quran, what is nice about the Quran, it leaves some room for thought. And it's kind of open-ended sometimes. And this is why we should not come and say, this definitely, this verse definitely says this, or oh, this verse definitely says that. We should be careful. I know some people get you know a little excited, especially when you talk about the scientific miracles of the Quran, you wanna prove the Quran is, uh, is all about science and all of that, we have to be careful. All I'm saying here is, we do have some hints that there are possibly some creatures outside of Earth not only that they're uh, creatures, so it's a form of life, but also possibly uh, creatures that can think. Alright, so let's see this uh, next verse. In this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allahul ladhi khalaqa sab'a sama'wat wa al ardi mithlahun. It is Allah, it is God who has created seven heavens. And from the earth, like them. Now we're gonna talk about what that means, like in what sense? Where is the similarity here? And then it says, يَتَنَزَّلُ الْأَمْرُ nahun We don't have to recite the entire verse. It just says at the end, so that you know that Allah is capable of everything and that He has encompassed everything in His knowledge. He has encompassed everything in His knowledge. Okay, so let's think about this for a minute. It says that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala has created seven heavens. Even that is a bit hard to understand. Some people think, or or, or, uh, ponder, what does that mean, seven heavens? Well, we look at the universe, we see many stars, we see many galaxies, but where are these seven heavens? Now, in the old days, some Muslim scholars, not everybody, thought that these seven heavens were the seven planets in our solar system. And this is following some of the Greek uh, astronomers like Ptolemy, who thought that these planets were all revolving around the Earth. So the Earth was at the center, that's how they thought. And then you have all the other uh, planets, and back then they knew about Mercury, Venus, and then, after that, the moon. So the moon is counted as a planet among the seven. And the sun was counted as another planet. Okay? And then they knew about Jupiter and Saturn. They did not know about the other ones, like Neptune and, you know, Pluto. And Pluto is not even a planet anymore, right? A big debate about that. But they only knew about those. And some Muslim some scholars said, well, these are the seven spheres or the seven... Planets, maybe the seven heavens mentioned in the Qur'an. However, I don't believe this is true at all. As we know nowadays, the universe is far, far bigger than the solar system. In fact, our galaxy is nothing but one in a hundred billion galaxies. And now, I mean, and this changes all the time. But the last I heard, like, what is the width of the universe? the one that we could see, the visible universe. They say it's about 90 billion light years. That's not kilometers, not miles. 90 billion. And that's just from the center to the side. So the, the entire width would be 180 billion light years. And just to give, uh, give you an idea how big that is, for light to travel around the earth in one second, like one second, you say, Allah, it has traveled already eight times around the earth. Between us and the sun, which is like 93 million miles away, it takes only eight minutes. <coughs> and here we talk about light years, meaning how far the light can travel in a year. So you can imagine how big that is. It's, in fact, you cannot even wrap your head around it. It's like way too big for us to imagine. Now, I believe, and this is one of the uh, opinion among scholars, is that all this visible universe is only part of the first heaven, okay? So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the seven heavens, what we could see is only the first heaven, all right? So all the galaxies, all the stars, are all in the first heaven. But in this verse, Allah subhanahu ta'ala says, it is Allah who created the seven heavens, and from the earth he has created seven as well. And again, Muslim scholars debated like, what could that mean? Or maybe it means that we have seven layers. In uh, the earth, there's seven layers. now. Nowadays, in geology, we know the, the earth has layers, maybe not seven, I, mean, I don't know how many, I mean, uh, maybe five, I, I don't know. Uh, it's been a while. But this is not the most interesting or accurate interpretation. Some scholars have said the similarity here, because we know the heaven does not look, the, uh, look like the earth, except that maybe it's, an, it's a hint that the earth is round. Sorry, flat earthers. I heard now they're going to Antark- uh, 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 to the South Pole, uh, to maybe discover the edge of the Earth, or to see it maybe. So, I mean, I'm sorry, they're gonna come back and uh, empty-handed. But some of them said, "Well, the similarity here between the Earth and the heavens is the fact that, well, the Earth is round." and the, the heaven, meaning the, the stars and the planets, are round as well. So this is what, where the similarity is. And that's, that's interesting. In fact, people, before they were able to travel outside of the Earth, this is one of the things they used to deduce that the Earth was round. Because we look around you, all around you, all the planets, all the stars are round. So why would the Earth be anything else? Why would it be flat? Why would it be rectangular in shape or any other shape? If all the planets, all the bodies in the heaven are round, by deduction, most likely, the earth has to be round. So they said, this is the similarity here. The similarity is, just like you see heavenly bodies in a round shape, likewise, the earth is round. But some scholars have said, this is talking about the number here. Just like we have seven heavens, we have seven earths or seven planets that look like Earth. Meaning, and that's one of the interpretations, meaning that these planets could have life just like Earth has life. Alright, so I hope you understand these different opinions. And the last one I wanna focus on a little bit. So the last opinion says that the similarity here, just like there are seven heavens, there are also seven planets like Earth. Or six planets like Earth. I mean, Earth would be the seventh. Now, maybe one thing that supports this uh, possibility, this interpretation, is a narration from Ibn Abbas. Now, Ibn Abbas was a cousin of the Prophet. He was very close to the Prophet and he got a lot of knowledge from the Prophet, he was considered one of the uh, best interpreters of the Qur'an. Okay. And that's what he said. Again, I'm not going to go into the narration and how sound and how strong or weak. It is accepted as far as the chain of narration. Now some scholars had a problem with the text. But maybe because at the time they did not know enough about uh, astronomy. I don't know. But the chain of narration is good enough. So Ibn Abbas said in this narration, he said, and he's explaining what it means to be to have seven earths. He said, Sabu So yeah, this is not the uh, this is not the statement of the Prophet himself, peace be upon him. It is a statement of Ibn Abbas. He said, the seven earths, in every one of them, there's a prophet like your prophet. There's an Adam like your Adam. There's a Noah, a Nuh like your Noah. There's an Ibrahim like your Ibrahim on earth. And there is a Jesus like your Jesus. By the way, when you talk about this, many Christians get upset because they think, well, uh, Jesus was sent to save the people of the earth and he died for the sins, but that, you know, if you say there's somebody else or there's some other form of life outside of earth and some other, other galaxy, some other planet, that kind of uh, defeats the, the purpose of someone uh, you know, dying for uh, the people of earth or something like that. In Islam, we don't have that problem. And Ibn Abbas, in fact, solved that problem. He said there, there could be many Jesus, right? So there could be a Jesus for this earth, another one for another planet that has life, and on and on. He's a genius. But this is not it. I mean, if um, we examine, maybe let's examine two more verses, right? Let's examine two more verses. And there also, you see, some indication that uh, there are possibly uh, some, uh, there's a form of life, or possibly some form of life outside of earth. Alright. Okay, so in this ayah, in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ خَلْقُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Listen carefully. He said, and from his signs, from his signs, from the signs of God, signs of Allah, the fact that he has created the heavens and earth. Okay? وَمَا بَثَّ فِيهِمَا مِنْ Alright? And what he had put forth, to let something um, spread and go forth. So the fact that he has put forth on on those two things. He mentioned the heavens and earth, right? So he's not just talking about the earth. He's talking about the heavens and earth. And he said, and I have put forth in those two things, the heavens and earth, Dabba. So what is Dabba then? Don't think now of the day of judgment and the, the special Dabba. Let's talk about the normal, the average day. Today, to uh, dabba. No. Dabba is anything that crawls. So, dabba is to crawl. That's a verb. Verb dabba is to crawl. Now, this is important, by the way, because if you read the Quran, this uh, this word comes up quite often. I mean, it, it comes up enough, often enough. So, the verb is dabba, which is to. Crawl. Crawl, Right? Dabba is basically anything that crawls on earth. So obviously it's a form of life. It could refer to animals and uh, the human, the human being, right? Anything that crawls. So any form of life, right? But here he said that he has put forth these crawling things on earth and the heavens, right? Okay, so that's a, an indication, right? Now, somebody might say, well, maybe, maybe he's talking about angels. What if he's talking about angels? Angels are not referred to as Dabba. I mean, well, first of all, we know you know angels don't crawl, they uh, fly usually, uh, uh, right? So they're not referred to as Dabba. You cannot say these are the angels. There must be something else other than, other than uh, angels. In fact, there is a clear verse in Surah An-Nur where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Dabba. He defines Dabba for us. He said, Wallahu خَلَقَ kulla dabbati مِمَّا And Allah created every, every Dabba, I'm not going to translate it, Just remember Dabba. Allah created every Dabba from water. Later. Few more minutes, inshallah. And then you can ask all the questions you want. So he said he created every Dabba, every crawling thing from water. And then he said, so some of them, some of these Dabba, it, it uh, basically it says بطنه, it walks on its stomach meaning it really slither, slither or, or, or crawl. So these are like the reptiles, right? رجلين, and some of them uh, walk on two feet. These are humans. And, some, and the birds, right? I mean, when they're not flying, they're walking on two kangaroos so we have other uh, some other animals that walk on two feet and some walk on, on four feet all right so this tells us very clearly that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about dabba he's talking about these things he's not talking about angels he's talking about things that crawl on earth and either have uh, two feet or four feet or no feet okay so it seems rather specific. And these are the different forms of life, right? Not only that, and I'll end with this verse. Uh, this verse also separates between Dabba and angels. So they cannot be the same. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ And to Allah, to God, prostrates everything in the heavens and earth. So he says, uh, there are two types of things that prostrate to God. The Dabba and the angels. So in that verse, he separated the two. He said, there are two two things, two types of things. One is the Dabba and the other one is the angels. So they're not the same. So there has to be something else going on there. There has to be some other creature out there. And he said, it's in the heavens and the earth, not just the earth. Okay, so I'll leave it at this. I'm not gonna make any uh, absolute conclusions. I'm just gonna uh, you know, uh, tell you that the Quran gives us this possibility, and it seems rather uh, you know, credible that this is uh, possible. It is interesting, I mean, uh, and I'll end with this when you look at the possibility of life, I mean, how do scientists even determine if there's a possibility? Because obviously, if you don't travel there, you cannot see life. So there, have, there has to be some method of determining whether a planet can even have life. So obviously, first of all, there has to be planets. I mean, there could not be life on stars. And recently, there has been some advances in science to, to help people determine if there is a planet or not. I mean, how do you know? If if planets are too far away, uh, you cannot see them because they're too close to the star and the star is too bright. So there's no, no way you could see it unless it comes in front of the star. And now the star becomes a bit dimmer. And this is how we determine maybe there's a planet there. Or it could affect its movement. If the, if the planet is big enough, it could affect the movement of the star. It could cause it to jitter a little bit. And uh, we could see that through some like spectroscopes and stuff like that. You could see the uh, blue shift and the red shift, and that way you can tell that the star is moving a little bit, so there must be something causing that, and that, that is the planet uh, around it. But that's just the beginning. Just because you have a planet doesn't mean you have life. So maybe the planet has to be like our planet, it has to be rocky, it cannot be uh, a gas giant like Jupiter. And again we're assuming here that life is like the life on Earth. You could say maybe there's a different form of life, it does not resemble anything like the life we have here. Fair enough. I'm just saying there has to be many conditions met. So after you have a rocky planet, now it has to be Well, it has to have the right temperature. It cannot be too hot, it cannot be too cold. So that's what we call the Goldilocks zone. It has to be in a very specific zone, very specific distance from the star for it to have the right temperature. And then after that, it has to have the right size. If it's too big, it could have such a strong pull, the gravity could be so, so high it, it makes walking on that planet impossible because your weight will be so, uh, so. Big. I mean, you're gonna be, you're gonna have such a heavy weight if the gravity is too strong. And if it's, if it is too weak, then you're gonna fly. You're not gonna stick to that planet. So the point is, there has to be many conditions met before you can have uh, an actual life. But the fact that we have many, many, many stars, like you multiply, uh, what 100 billion. Times 100 billion, right? 100 billion galaxies in each. We have 100 billion stars. So there are many, many stars, and hence there, there is a possibility that some of these would have planets that would have uh, possibly some form of life. Okay, so with that, uh, we'll end here. And uh, now we can ask all the questions we want to ask. And I see many hands already, so let's start from the right. So the question is, do I think there's anything out there? Uh, again, I mean, I, no one can be uh, definite. Uh, yes, just to end it. I think there are some forms of life. Yes. So, uh is it like a
1: creature on its own, or is it like...
0: So he's asking, is Dabba a creature on its own? Uh, what do you mean by that? So
1: like, I, I mean, like, is, does it come from, like, uh, does it look like any other type of creature? Or, like, it doesn't have to
0: be. Uh, so that's a good question. For example, this Dabba, does it have to look like an animal on earth? Not necessarily. I think it just, re- so it doesn't have to be very, you don't have to take it very, very literally. Because even when it says here Dabba, we, You know, we we talked about uh, things that walk, so it's not necessarily crawling as we take it, right? It just means something that moves, something that has life in it. It does not have to be like our life, it does not have to be like the animal life we have on Earth. But no doubt, movement is a sign of life. And the fact that there are things that move and crawl and walk, it's a sign of life. But how are they specifically? We don't know.
1: I have answered this already, um, I don't know if it like part of the lid. If there was other life, um, I don't know if we know this. You might have already answered it, but what's it called? Would um, like in or like gendered them something like that. So, um, like, would we like have to interact with them?
0: Huh. So the question is, if there uh, was any life outside of Earth, uh, would we have, Would we ever meet them? Like, say, on the day of judgment, and so forth. Well, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, if uh, these uh, creatures do not have the capability of thinking, then excuse me, then they're not responsible, and hence there, might, there may not be any reckoning for them. Like even the animals on earth on the Day of Judgment, uh, they don't go through reckoning like we do. Yes, there is some form of uh, justice, right? Like if there was an animal that killed another animal unjustly, there is some justice done. But then they'll be turned into dirt. So there is no paradise or, or hellfire for them. But the other thing that I want to respond, let's say there is an intelligible, like there is an intelligent life outside of earth. Are we going to meet them? Is, so that's interesting because one of the verses I mentioned, I did not complete the uh, recitation of it. وَمِنْ آياته خلق وَهُوَ عَلَىٰ جَمْعِهِمْ إِذَا يَشَاءُ قَدِيرٌ So that kind of answers your question right on. It says, and from his signs is the creation of heavens and earth, and we had what, what he had put forth uh, from Dabba, and then he said, and if he wanted to gather them together, عَلَىٰ جَمْعِهِمْ he would do so. عَلَىٰ جَمْعِهِمْ إِذَا يَشَاءُ قَدِيرٌ If he wanted to gather all of them, could be hinting to a day of judgment, then he is able to do that. So um, okay.
1: Um, so uh, I, um, as we know, like we have whole according to there's a lot of things that can happen on this earth, like get to Juj, stuff like that. Does does that like um, show the inability of humanity to like uh, like start civilization on another planet?
0: Okay, I don't know if I get it. So you said, uh, from the signs of the Day of Judgment, uh, from the signs of the Day of Judgment, is that we're going to have these uh, yeah and Majus uh, and the other signs. Uh, does that indicate that we're not able to take care of our own civilization? Oh, we'll be able to go travel some no, other, pl- like
1: start on other planets.
0: Start civilization on other planets. I don't know, I mean, there are a lot of talks about uh, maybe going to Mars or some other planet. And some other astro- astrophysicists or astronomers would say, to fix our planet is much easier, because the context of this is like, oh, we're destroying our planet, so we should look for somewhere else to go. And some other uh, like, scientists would say, well, it's much easier to fix your problems on Earth. I mean, it's much, much harder to go find you know, a place you can inhabit
1: there were other life forms I could think on, on a different planet far away would they
0: have a day of judgment? It seems like they would uh, and the two indications one I, I just told, uh, told uh, Yaman uh, uh, so in the Quran it hints that God could gather them meaning resurrection uh, but the other one is uh, if you remember the uh, narration from Ibn Abbas when he said and they have a prophet like you have a prophet so that could also indicate that they are responsible Allah knows best Okay, let's, let's move on because uh, And we'll come back to you, inshallah Any other questions? We're going this way Okay, Ammar, go
1: so, About the seven heavens thing so Isn't there like uh, the whole thing Of the prophet people upon him Like moves to the seven heavens Like where he hasn't got a nightly journey mm. And he moves to the seven heavens And he Correct. talks to some of the prophets And that kind of thing like doesn't that kind of indicate that the seven heavens aren't physical or they're more metaphysical? Because again, when he reaches the end, he meets God. I and mean, are you saying that if I get in a spaceship and I go past the seven heavens, I'll see God? It seems like it's a okay. metaphysical kind of, kind All of right, metaphysical.
0: let's take it one piece at a time. So Brother Ammar says, um, but in the night journey, we know Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, went through the seven heavens So those heavens must be metaphysical or beyond physical and not actual seven physical heavens. Otherwise, would we meet God after that? Because Prophet Muhammad spoke to Allah after he went through the seven heavens. I think think this could be answered in different ways. One, I would say, like I said earlier, I believe all we could see is only the, the first heaven. So, I'm saying it's not even possible for humans or anyone else to go to go beyond the first heaven. It's not even possible. And there's an ayah that indicates that. And some, some say it's talking about the day of judgment, some say it's talking about this life. <laughs> I'm sure we all got that, right? It's like a challenge, it says, Oh humans and jinn. If you're able to uh, go beyond, or to it's uh, like to penetrate even this layer of heavens and earth. Then go ahead and do so. You're not going to be able to do that. So, if the visible universe is only the first heaven, it's not possible that we uh, we can do that physically let alone the fact that we, we can't even travel. I mean, Even if you can travel the speed of light, and according to the physics we know today, it's not even possible for any object to travel faster than the speed of light, let alone human beings. We can't do that, obviously. Even if you can do that, you can imagine how far you have to go. So that's not humanly possible. When it comes to the journey though, the night journey, uh, it is metaphysical in the sense that it was a miracle. So the definition, the very definition of a miracle is that it defies the laws of nature. It defies the laws of physics. So obviously this happened not through the laws of physics. It happened because we believe God made it happen. So it it transcends the laws of physics. If you want to call that metaphysics, fine. If If that's how you want to define it, that's fine. Anything on this side before we go to that side? We have two. Uh, Talal, sorry. But go ahead first. Uh, I have a question. So, when you were saying in the Qur'an it was possible to go to the first
1: heaven?
0: No, actually the, the, the challenge is if you, if you claim you could get out of the heaven you cannot do that. So you cannot. Even the first heaven, you cannot go through it. And obviously now we know uh, the universe as we see it, I don't know if you were here, but we mentioned that it's like uh, 90 billion light years from the center to one side. So you could imagine how wide that is. It's not remotely feasible that anyone can do, can do that. We can't even travel outside of the solar system, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Except if you send a ship without a human on it. And even then, I don't know if we, I think they sent something, I don't know if it's now beyond the solar system. And this is just a small little, uh, we can do that, yes, but I'm saying the ones we sent, I don't think we've gone beyond the solar system. yet. Or maybe it just now uh, has.
1: I actually watched a video on YouTube, and it was like, um, the first person to ever face, like the Russian guy, um, it was actually a conspiracy theory, by the way believe that he was the first successful person and that there was a radio transmission that the U.S. caught onto of a, of a spaceship transmitting to the U.S. going beyond the solar system. It was like a failed mission and the person inside of it was like trying to transmit it back to the Earth. So
0: it was an actual human being?
1: Yeah. So they just died somewhere in space. They
0: were oh, to too bad. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Let's go to Talal and then we'll go back to you. Okay.
1: I have a I know is what he said, he said like, do other of the universes have day of judgment too? All right, so if they do, do you think that it will be the same day as us? Or do you think like, or do you think like, they're They're separate?
0: Again, like we cannot say for certain, but like I said, uh, first of all, let me clarify. I mean, there could be two possibilities. Either in the same universe, we could have different planets with life, or like you kind of said, different universes. We didn't go that far. I mean, now there's a, a, a theory of the multiverses and stuff. So let's not go that far. But even if in the same universe, there were different planets with life, would they be resurrected together? All I said was, there's one verse in the Qur'an that kind of hints to that. And the verse is, huwa ala idha Yasha qadir That if he wanted... He didn't say he will, he said if he wanted to gather all of them, like all of these life forms on different planets, he said he would do so. So it's not uh, necessarily that everybody will be resurrected on the same. Because from all the other evidence, we know that this earth will be the platform or the theater of the resurrection. So obviously it applies to the people on Earth. It doesn't apply to life forms on other planets. Yes? all people are made of But then when say that we made of clay? Okay, so uh, this is a good question. Uh, I said, or the verse said that uh, everything came from water. But also we have other verses that says uh, from clay. There are different ways to reconcile. Did you guys get the question? Okay. First, we could say that our bodies are made of water, like the vast majority of the body is made of water. I don't know the percentage, 60, 70%, 70% or so. So it could be referring to the fact that we are made of water, meaning that a big part of our, our bodies is made of water. There's another thing, I'm not gonna mention it here because some of you are young. But water could refer to something else, not actual water. And the third uh, one is that, and this could refer to uh, evolution, I know some people might have a problem with that, but we know all the life that existed on Earth came from the sea. So it could be referring to the fact that these crawlers came from the sea.